The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nad's Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too. And all people. See, I'm becoming such a New Japan mark. I'm getting used to the theme songs now. Finally, it's like beyond just the Liger theme. Yes, which will always be a number one. That's the ace of 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 theme songs, probably in my opinion of all time. Sorry, sexy boy. Hikari no Jushin wins hands down. But this is the Rough House podcast, and I'm Kristoff, and that is Marty. Hi, and um. Uh, like like I said, I'm uh, I'm I'm balls deep in New Japan right now. I yeah, just finished Dominion. Are. We're recording this at uh, about a little after 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Yep. Um, Dominion went live at 3 a.m. Yes, I got indeed. up around six, caught the yep. tail end, and then went back and uh, watched 90 percent of the rest of the card. I, I yep. fast forward through most of Tai Chi and uh, Ishi. Sorry, I, I Pitbull. Mean, I- <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you on that. Uh, there's, there's a weird cult of New Japan fans who really like Tai Chi, and he, he's got a cool look, but beyond that, he doesn't really do much of anything for me. He's got a very weird gimmick, and I'm kind of yeah. into it, but like anything outside of that, I, I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the match, so yeah. I just kind of twenty seconds, thirty seconds, <laughs> a couple minutes, like oh, okay, Ishi won. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, uh, we're gonna get the full spoilers, but hey. Uh, it, they're quote unquote sporting events. It's in the past, so well, whatever. True, but even even New Japan tweeted out there they're they're not posting anything that would be a spoiler until oh. uh, until Monday Japan time. So you know what that that kind of makes sense because of the time difference and and Dominion yeah. is kind of their SummerSlam in yeah. terms of shows. Uh, and there were a bunch of surprises and shocks. Yes, uh, throughout the show, uh, we'll talk about those. And uh, by contrast, WWE had their show that was equivalent to a wrestlemania uh blood hand money in the jungle motion yeah. hand wanking motion and uh mm. i 
I refuse to watch any of the Saudi Arabia shows, yet I still pay them for NXT. Um, yep, they still get so, my money. Look, yeah, I, yeah. This has been. I'm, I'm going to watch for NXT, and I'll probably watch NXT after this. Yeah. Uh, even though it's post takeover, and it's just the the matches they tape pre takeover, so it's not yeah. like any kind of storyline development's going to happen. And uh, they're not taping NXT again until this coming Wednesday, so mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. nothing really new to be reported uh, in terms of NXT. But it's still NXT, and I'm going to watch it. Yeah, indeed, and. Uh, there's definitely some questionable decision-making on that show, which I'm sure we will get into as, uh, I, I think the general response from WWE fans almost everywhere is, uh, this super showdown card is possibly the worst of the year. And, um, yeah, on paper, cause again, didn't watch it. Uh, it, it's rough and, uh, some gifts. Yeah. 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 It turns out, uh, the basically, uh, Goldberg and Undertaker decided they wanted to go full 90s all Japan head drop unintentionally. Yeah, yeah deathmatch. An unintentional deathmatch. <laughs> yes. Match. yes. Uh, a spontaneous deathmatch has appeared. Well, what do you want to get into first, Chris? Do you want to talk about Blood Money in the Jungle? Do you want to talk about the two big New Japan shows of the week? Uh, Let's get the bullshit out of the way. Talk yeah. about the bad stuff first. Oh, man. So, Super Showdown was Friday afternoon. Always a great time for a live show. Um, Baffling (laughs) results throughout. Uh, Okay. So on on the good side, Seth beat Corbin. So we got that going for us. Thank God. That was, there was a whole lot of different um, rumors swirling around as to how this whole situation would play out with Brock, with the money in the bank and with Corbin and and everything. So uh, Seth Rollins did escape Saudi Arabia with a, his head intact and B his universal title intact. So uh, it was a good weekend for Seth until edge started tweeting about him and Bex, but we'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) Um, but uh, but yeah, so 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 Seth Rollins uh, picked up the victory. Brock came out, tried mm-hmm. to cash in, but Paul Heyman tripped on the ropes. Yeah, which gave Seth the opportunity to attack Brock. I guess is what happened. Yeah, it, it's something weird. Basically, they wanted to have you think that Brock was going to cash in, and then not actually have him cash in. Probably under the idea of having Brock cash in in front of a crowd that actually understood what the fuck was going on and was invested right. in it. Right. So here's here's my bit with Brock. Yeah. On one hand, I guess business-wise, I understand why they're saying Brock's going to cash in this week. Brock's going to cash in here because you want to get some eyes on the show. Sure. But storyline-wise, isn't it better to have that monster lurking in the dark, not knowing when he's going to fucking show up? A hundred percent. And also the he's he's really, really, really for real going to cash in this time card. Right. You can only play so many times before. And I know this is the Smarks refrain, but it's becoming true and true every week. You can only play it so many times before your late era WCW promising things that will never happen. Right. Yeah, it's, and, it's, it's and true. And more and more week by week, <laughs> WWE yeah. is looking more and more like uh, like early 2000s WCW. And to go to another bizarre result on the show. Uh, let's talk about the fact that Roman Reigns, the golden child, mm-hmm. the guy, the person, the man, the, the, the top star of the company jobbed to Shane McMahon. Yeah. The 46 year old son of the owner. Yeah. 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 Push it 50 for sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Looks 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 great. Looks great on paper for now. Uh, look, I understand according to the continuity of WWE Saudi Arabia shows, Shane McMahon is the best in the world. He'll never let you forget it either. No, but okay. Why is <laughs> oh, why is Shane McMahon a top tier attraction with an undefeated streak? in 2019 it's a great fucking question (laughs) now now allow me to put a big asterisk on this to at least explain things from my perspective i don't hate shane mcmahon i like shane a lot when shane came back i was very excited in the attitude era i loved shane mcmahon's run as guy who had crazy matches with people yeah but they were special attractions and I'm pretty confident with the exception of like him having that goofy run with the European title and and that sort of thing. He lost every feud like, and maybe that's rose colored glasses. Maybe someone's going to pop in on the comments or on our Twitter or whatever and say, Hey, (laughs) fair. Maybe someone's going to pop in and say, Oh, you know, uh, he beat test or something like that. Uh, Okay. Fine. Cool. Test wasn't, Steve Austin test wasn't the rock, right? Why is Shane McMahon winning over Roman Reigns? And yeah, you could say this is to build to Roman and Drew because apparently that's what they're doing at stomping grounds. Uh, but <laughs> there's no need for this guy to be winning over the top star in clean. the company. Clean, yeah, like at least have some kind of uh, bullshit finish. Or something like that. Uh, well, I, I, they they did have McIntyre lay him out for the pin. I mean, I guess, but still, yeah. you know, I I, I don't know. It, I I don't understand why Shane is a, the focal point of of such uh, magnitude right now. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're gonna push Drew, just fucking push Drew. Why is Shane there? You know, yeah. like if if he, Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. You know, isn't that what we got at WrestleMania? It, 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 it is, and we've okay. had it on Raw since. Okay, right. it's going to be the 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 next big feud. And by the way, what fucking show is Shane on? Whatever show he wants. Wildcard rule, baby. Uh, There's no brand split. It's just uh, there is no wildcard only only or there is no brand split only wildcard. Sorry, Zul. Uh, yeah, you've been replaced by the wild card rule, which you know it's it's just it's the wild west. Anybody shows up where they want to. Alexa Bliss comes up and is kind of babyface on Raw, but then shows up on SmackDown. Yeah, she's the heel on SmackDown and is getting a title shot against Bailey for whatever fucking reason. Um, I, <laughs> I believe you just had the exact sound that was used in the pitch meetings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then all of a sudden it just. Echoes from the other room. Exactly. (laughs) It's so you. It's so you. Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. Those two are the new keep Roman strong, by the way. And also the uh no, you want Seamus. Yeah. Like those are those are the memes we got out of the the Moxley interview. Uh such good shit. The my favorite my favorite meme is the Bray Wyatt Vince McMahon puppet with that's such good shit uh, (laughs) written on there. That's meme of the week for me. Yeah, by the way, uh, still, the the Firefly Funhouse, Firefly Funhouse inexplicably, 
Inexplicably? Yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, as Shockingly my crazy. Yeah. yeah, still good. Yeah, still good. Still really fun. The Vince. Yeah, they went is, full uh, full Tim and Eric. Yeah, uh, this week, and I yeah. kind of love it. Um, but again, when are we going to see this uh, evolve into something in the ring? Like I, I like know. getting Bray on the TV, and he's very he's a great character, and he's doing great stuff, but. It can only last for so long, can it? Uh, before yeah. you, you need to see somebody in the ring and assert some dominance, and then he'll fucking lose his first feud, and it'll all be for naught. You know, I was reading something online this week, and uh, as we uh, want to do, as as we want to do, and, and and because this was a message board and not like a blog or something, I can't necessarily point to, hey, this person on this website wrote it. So, uh, apologies for the the hazy a mark. Hazy crediting here, but they they hit the nail on the head as to what the problem is with WWE storytelling, which is if you look at any other pro wrestling company in the history of the world, even if they had characters and gimmicks and that sort of thing, the story was about something happening in the ring. Even the story, which clearly is the prototype of everything that WWE has tried to do since Steve Austin. Right. That was about in the ring. He was a talent in the ring who the management did not want to succeed. So it was about stopping him from achieving his goals in the ring, winning titles, beating the shit out of people, whatever. It was about stopping his abilities in the ring. So much WWE storytelling these days is removed entirely from in the ring. Right. We have all these things that aren't like, you know, the, the Usos and the Revival have just had this feud, which A, has made both of them look really dumb. But it's not about like, oh, okay, the Usos did this stupid trickery to help them win a match. Mm. It's they're just doing it to be assholes. Like, yeah. that's that that's what, like... Yeah, these queer point, boys are shaving each other's backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, at some point we removed the in-ring aspect. And, and, you know, Bray Wyatt's whole Firefly Funhouse thing as entertaining as it is we still haven't reached that apex the question i had from week one which is how does this play out in the ring what does right. this have to do in the ring and i really really need an answer to that soon yeah i mean and when stomping grounds uh that's an excellent question uh to the internet yeah because uh, you know, the pay-per-view after that well SummerSlam isn't until august uh, June twenty third, so weekend after next, and then we so have extreme rules on July fourteenth. Rules in Philly, and then um, uh, SummerSlam. Slam. Are they back in L.A. or the Toronto? Right? Toronto, yes. Toronto for SummerSlam. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I would hope that they're not going to keep dragging this out until SummerSlam until we get something from from Bray. Yeah. I mean, sooner rather than later. Uh, in you know, I guess we're. As much shit that we hate that WWE is doing right now is one of the things that we enjoy and we're kind of we're not asking for it to end, but we just want the no. next step. You know, we want to see the one if they have any plans for this shit outside of these fun, you know, segments and vignettes. Right. And two, you know, ha what kind of Bray Wyatt are we going to get in the ring? Is he going to be, you know, super aggressive? Is he going to have a different move set? You know, we mm -hmm. see he's in a lot mm -hmm. better shape than probably the last time we saw him. So we want to see what kind of snap he has to his moves. Like we're, we're invested. We're interested. Don't just fucking string us along and, you know, by the dick and say, all right, now, now you get your nut. Give me yeah. that fucking nut, man. Exactly. Exactly. And instead it's just 
it's this thing that's just kind of living outside of, which might also be why it's as entertaining as it is because it's not in the show. Now, right. to that same point, if I think of other things that I'm enjoying out of the WWE right now, the R-Truth 24-7 title run is a fucking gem. Like, yeah. he's the perfect guy sure. for that role, for that belt. Uh, all of the videos they're doing on social media are hysterical uh him winning the title and losing the title on the airplane on the tarmac at the uh, airport and all these different things super entertaining but it's kind of weird that all of this stuff is happening outside of the realm of the things they control titles changes aren't happening on raw which is what i thought like the whole concept was that it was supposed to be a, a third hour of raw thing uh and i said it on our social media i feel like they're you know, losing money by not having these things like send me a notification on the app saying this is happening live and I have to watch it on the network. Right. Yeah. Like I don't understand why that isn't the, the tact, you know, that's a, that to me would be a great way to start getting people to keep their nine ninety nine a month to say, right. Oh, at any, at any time you could get an alert from us and here's our truth being chased down by Drake Maverick or whatever. Um, yeah. And again, it, it turns into this thing that's outside of, but Hey, it, it does boil down to the idea of people are trying to win a title. So there's that. There is that, you know, yeah. um, and you know, the talk about raw on Monday, not a lot great, uh, happening on raw. You know, you had the, again, the Brock teased cash in and then fucking, you know, Friday's waiter, Baron Corbin shows up asking if you want some mozzarella sticks. Um, and, you know, Brock comes out, beats the shit out of Rollins. They do a stretcher spot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, like if the dude has to be taken out in a stretcher, just fucking win your title there. Like, I don't understand why Brock didn't just cash in there. Like, yeah. Yeah. It makes no no logical sense. And I know it's pro wrestling and suspension of disbelief, but you know, it makes Brock look like a fucking moron. Yeah, and I really don't need Becky Seth Becky and Seth's relationship become a thing on screen, by the oh, way. Come on, you know they're gonna they're gonna oh, come up oh, with a name for it, they're gonna slap it on a t-shirt, and they're gonna oh, do yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fuck this relationship up oh, for course. both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're gonna do a dating sh- uh, like a newlywed game type thing on the on the air in yeah. fucking three weeks probably, yeah. and it'll you know be awkward and terrible. You know, maybe strap them both in electric chairs. I don't fucking know. Yeah, uh, uh, well, that reminds me, where was the electric chair this week? Uh, back in the uh, back in the prop store at yeah. uh, at WWE headquarters. Great new weekly segment, guys. Yeah, um, I think Mike Adamly went to sleep. Uh, <laughs> last night, perhaps. So uh, back to Blood Money in the Jungle. Uh, another oh, yeah. baffling uh, result was they ran Lars Sullivan against the Lucha House Party in a three handicap match. Three yeah. on one. Yeah. And the finish was Lars Sullivan won by DQ because all three guys triple teamed him. But it's a handicap match. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Figure that one out. Make uh, Lars look strong. Yeah. Makes <laughs> Lars look strong. He lost to three guys. Who's the baby face here? I don't fucking know. <laughs> But hey, that's still better than sitting through a lengthy plotting Triple H match in 2019 because 
Shock of all shocks, he and Randy Orton decided just to put on a headlock classic. Jesus, fucking man, Christ. fucking you talk about a snore fest. Like, you, you know, Orton phoned that shit in for the payday. And oh, Triple yeah. H, you know, in 2019 is Triple H in 2019 who can, yeah. refuses to, to give himself less than less than 20 minutes of time for a match, which come on, man, like. You've had classic matches that we can go back and watch on the WWE Network for yes. $10. I'm sorry, $9.99 a month, which yeah. we happily pay for NXT pay-per-views. Um, we don't you don't need you don't need to. We don't want to sit through it. Just come on, man. Just, just fucking let it go. Yeah, have a fun 12-15 minute sprint. Use your, you know, use your trickery, use your shortcuts. I mean, uh, Jericho is proving that you don't need to have epic matches. You can have right. fun brawls instead. That's what this needed to be. I mean, wasn't the whole thing that Orton and Triple H, like they hated each other, like Triple H broke into Orton's house at some point, like all mm -hmm. these different fucked up things they've done to each other over the years. Shouldn't this just be like a wild brawl and right. that's it? No, yeah. instead... Triple right. H busts out with a fucking uh, motorcycle entrance because, of course, it's a WrestleMania level program. Right. Did now I, I want to know? Did he rent that from uh, from from the uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, or did he? <laughs> yeah, like, yes, that uh, was you know, that was MBS's bike. We've got uh, we got a lot of extra room on the plane since uh majority of the women aren't coming, so we can fit my bike. Sweet. <laughs> hey, they tried. They tried. <laughs> To put two women on the show, and they got the kibosh on at last minute. Okay. So, sorry, okay. Alexa. Sorry, Natty. They tried. They knew they weren't going to fucking get the chance. <laughs> this was a total PR bit because everybody, you know, a fair amount of people, are, are us, ourselves included, uh, yeah. not happy with the whole uh, KSR bit. So, like, yeah. oh, you know what we're going to do? These fuckers aren't going to let them wrestle. We're going to bring them over thinking that we have a chance. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it's such good shit. And, uh, yeah. you know, I see through your shit, Vince. All right. Uh, come on. Um, so after the Triple H match, uh, <laughs> Baron Corbin said the referee cost him the match and said, I quote, at the Saudi Arabia show, heads will roll. No. Yeah. No. Uh, shockingly, apparently Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman had a good match. Uh, okay. Yeah. How about that? Couldn't give a um, fuck about either of those two guys right now. We had a 50 man battle Royal, which someone counted. There were 51 people in it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Are you serious? Yeah. Someone counted 51 individuals in the 50 man uh, battle Royal, uh, <laughs> which was won by Medsor. The guy from Saudi Arabia. The guy from Saudi Arabia, the okay. 4chan doofus who has said intensely problematic things online. Oh, him too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I didn't know that bit. Yeah, yeah. He's the one. He and uh, Brennan Williams, the great black otaku guy, uh, okay. they are the ones who had the Twitch stream that Rhea Ripley said the F word on. And uh, uh, they... Uh, they routinely had NXT stars, other NXT stars on and would like ask them uncomfortable questions about their sex lives. And it turns out that if you, uh, do you remember when, uh, Skippy Labeef, uh, had a, uh, Shia LeBeau, uh, <laughs> do you remember, do you remember when he had that weird, like art project stream thing in New York after Trump won? Vaguely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, turns out Mansoor was a dude who would like go up to the camera and do racist memes and stuff oh, like that. Oh, great. So, yeah. so he's awesome. Oh, and he, 
and he got a push. So um sure. So yeah, by the way, Titus O'Neil uh eliminated the Viking uh, Viking Raiders, in case you're wondering what happened to them. Both of them. Yep. Individually. No, oh, individually. Oh, I, well, individually he he took out both of them together. Sorry. Okay. Um, so yes. man, glad they uh, glad they went out undefeated on NXT just for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but AOP are back. Methods of Mayhem made a return. Okay, all right, let's get naked. Yeah, so you know, uh, glass quarter full on that one, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I wonder what brand they show. Oh, it doesn't matter because yeah, card yeah, because the lock card they could be on all the brands. And all that being said, give me AOP versus Brian and Rowan, please. Thank you. Fuck yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. Well, on paper, it sounds awesome. <laughs> Speaking of things on paper that could have been good, apparently Kofi and Dolph had a snore fest. Fun. That's kind of shocking because those guys are both pretty fucking talented. Yeah, apparently just it was a bland match and the crowd really didn't get into it. So that's a shame. Um, well, never mind. And and that actually does remind me uh, for all the things that Dolph Ziggler has been yelling about. Why hasn't he yelled about Shane McMahon screwing him over for the best of the world? Nah, it doesn't end no. Oh, okay. No, no continuity there. Uh, then we had the shittiest of shit fests. Undertaker defeated Goldberg in like 10 minutes in the saddest display of two 50 year old men trying to have a match where one of them was out on their feet legitimately. Uh, so, so did he give, did he ring his own bell banging his head on the door or was it? On the <laughs> so there were, there were two instances. Okay. Um, and one of them we found out about after the show. So uh, he came, Goldberg came out, he did his whole walk from the back entrance, including headbutting a locker. Uh, which busted his head open. Um, what okay. one thing that we missed on the live feed is apparently when they did the cut from backstage to the pyro going off and then yeah. Goldberg coming out. In that period of time, they had a medic right there doing the oh, whole yeah. flashlight to the eyes gimmick to see if he had concussed himself. Awesome. Good news, not yet. Uh, so he, Goldberg comes out, does his thing. Undertaker has his 35-minute entrance. Uh-huh. And then we got the match we wanted 17 years ago. Um, Goldberg legitimately knocks himself out. They did the whole spear the post bit. Basically, okay. Taker's in the corner. Goldberg goes to launch himself into Taker. Taker moves, and he's supposed to shoulder himself on the post between the turnbuckles. Instead, so he just smacks his head right into the post and busts oh. that busts his head open even more and legit knocks himself out. So what this just turned into was a dangerous head drop fest between two guys who are either not physically capable or have been rendered physically incapable of picking the other up. Uh, we had the sickest jackhammer of all time followed Brain by the <laughs> sickest tombstone of all time. Oh God, that tombstone, the still... The still, the still image yeah. will haunt my memory for a while uh, until I saw fucking Kota Bushi's neck earlier this morning. But yeah. uh, good lord, man. Um, okay, so uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, my thoughts on the Undertaker, if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, are yeah. that fuck him retire uh he should have retired at wrestlemania 30 after brock lesnar beat him anything after that has been a garbage trash heap of bullshit and fuck him for keep coming back and doing this yeah uh, he has the opportunity to say no yeah he, 
he's 100 is within his faculties the majority of the time when he's not off maga fundraising to to say no to vince and his blood money and this bullshit um i get that there's nostalgia to want to see this see this guy go but you gotta fucking accept that uh it's not fucking happening anymore and you know granted goldberg was uh little loopy couldn't really help support for uh for a couple of those moves so you know it's a, it's a two-way street goldberg looks incredible shape but you can look incredible shape and not be in ring shape there are mm-hmm. two very different things um and Shane you know, McMahon proves it every time he comes out that guy looks physically in the shape of his life and uh, then he's purple within two minutes this is true this is true and you know again i don't need to see shane mcmahon attempt a fucking coast to coast and just fucking graze his opponent like that every fucking week all right i don't i don't need to see it you know build new fucking stars and stop having these snore fests with these 50 year old fucks who are going to murder themselves in the ring and that is bad for the business all right yeah no the minute someone dies in the well i was going to say the minute someone dies in the ring in saudi arabia but they might be cool with it uh the minute someone dies in the ring isn't going to be good for anybody i mean it, no, it's I mean, a- it happened last month yeah. in fucking mexico yeah uh well it was london but luchadors uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right it was it, 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 the minute someone dies in the wwe ring i mean right now someone else dies wwe gets to do their whole well you know we've raised the platform of sports right. entertainment and you know we took it out of the smoky bingo halls and all the same bullshit you hear every single time they, you know, go up there and ask about what they've done for the business. Um, the minute someone dies during doing something like this, like the company's fucked. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can look at things like the John Oliver stuff and, and all that, where they point out rightfully the lack of care that has been provided over the years. Just even more eyes are going to be on them the likelihood of that happening as we see every single time they drag out these 50 plus year old guys and say go one last time i mean fucking michaels one of the greatest of all time a guy who uh was mostly safe in his career back in knee injuries aside um the fact that he came back for that one match and immediately went never again yeah i mean what does that say let alone a guy like the undertaker who's come back for diminishing returns again and again and again and again and a guy like goldberg who just knocked himself out during a match i mean yeah yeah yeah. the uh it's just it's it's not worth it you know no and and by the looks of the uh, attendance in Jetta, uh, the nostalgia didn't work. So rethink your fucking strategy here because yeah, it's going to end up worse than it already has. Chris? Yeah. There's nine more years of this. Eight and a half. Uh, yeah, but still, there's <laughs> they signed a 10-year deal. 17 more shows. Last year to do this. Yeah. So I ask you, Chris, at what point do NXT stars start getting called up as the ultimate warrior to Hulk Hogan Jr.? Well, at the way the world's going right now, World War Three will happen within the next three, four years, and then uh, there's a chance this uh, this KSA deal may may uh, drop out of play here. So, uh, not that I'm hoping for World War Three by any fucking means, but um, you know. The way things are going right now, I don't have great hopes for the future of this planet. Um, so, <laughs> so you know. yeah, a lot bigger problems in ten years than uh, than the yeah. WWE uh, Saudi Arabia deal. 
by the way, what the fuck's up with Matt Riddle and Goldberg? Uh, so apparently this went back a couple of years. Riddle, way before he was associated with WWE, um, tweeted something at Goldberg and Goldberg blocked him. Um, and then Riddle posted that he was still blocked uh, as this match was coming up. And I think Riddle called him like a terrible professional wrestler or some, something along those lines. There's some legit heat there. Um, I don't know if Riddle is going to get a talking to because of it or if he's, uh, you know, if he's playing up some kind of character that they're going to do or whatever. I don't know. I'm 100% sided with the bro on this, but, um, yep. you know, he's definitely get, making some headlines with it. He is, and uh, it's one of those scenarios where I don't know that they're chasing the money on this at all. But well, no, um, I don't need to see Goldberg versus Riddle, no. but I feel like they could go lateral and lean into Bro's um, frequent texts and posts about uh, retiring Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, that's that's the money you want to chase right there. You know, Brock a couple years younger than your Goldbergs and your Undertakers. You know, again, somebody we're still kind of sick of. But, yeah. you know, in a, in a match where it makes sense, like uh, two MMA legit stars mm-hmm. going after each other. Yeah. Um, so I think that that, that is a money match, um, that should happen somewhere down the line, but you know, knowing the way they do business, it won't fucking happen. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's just, these shows are getting sadder and sadder and, um, well, I'm glad I didn't waste any time on it. Yeah, same. Or will uh, I? In yeah. respect, I, I I have no, I haven't watched any of them. I didn't watch the Greatest Royal Rumble. I didn't watch whatever they called the last one. I'm not going to watch this one. I'm good. Have you heard any reviews about the Andrade Balor match? Because that was the only one that piqued my interest, at least a little bit on paper. Uh, I heard it was okay. okay. Um, right. Rosalina Vega. Not surprising well, there. Uh, yeah, and that does remind me actually. Um, kind of an unfortunate bummer of this uh yeah. andrade found out while traveling back from saudi arabia his mother passed away so yeah, that's uh, awful. yeah our thoughts with andrade uh the real shame and that guy is fucking awesome and it's unfortunate yes. that that happened um yeah. anyway let's pull out of the awfulness and get into the good shit because uh good shit because we are in week three of Awesome non WWE wrestling. It's true. Uh, well, I mean, I guess one technically is WWE, but we had double or nothing two weeks ago. We had NXT take over 25 yep. last weekend, and this week gave us the one two punch and the best of the Super Juniors finals and Dominion from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, now, granted, uh, best Super Juniors finals was kind of three events in one. There was one official one, but we had uh, the A block and B block finals earlier right. in the week. Uh, and then we had the actual finals on the fifth. Uh, do you want to talk about the the pre, the the A block and B block finals at all? I, I didn't catch the whole shows. I did watch the actual finals matches. So <laughs> A block, it was uh, Shingo Takagi and um taji ishimori uh going out there and leaving mm-hmm. it all out there with a fucking fantastic match ishimori is so like explosive it's mm-hmm. so much fun to watch yeah um and his his um slide under the ring german suplex is one of the coolest moves I, right now i love it i love it's it it's so, so cool. fucking rad um but yeah those guys i mean shingo takagi the entire tournament has been 
was made out to be this, uh, you know, shithead, unstoppable fucking dragon. Yeah. And he lived up to it. He had a clean sweep, 9-0 and in the A block, undefeated, undefeated back to October from when he first debuted yeah. um, in New Japan. So took that was kind of... No no, yeah. took no falls the entire time. So that was kind of his story um, throughout the course of the best of the Super Juniors tournament. And then the yeah. following night was the B Block Finals with uh, Willie O'Spray and um, Taguchi San. Um, yeah. You know, going out there being, you know, still still had a bit of his comedy shtick in the beginning. Right, right. But then once they turned it on and we got serious Taguchi and uh, Billy O'Spray flipping all over the place, doing all the fun flips and doodles, it was a hell of an entertaining match. What did you think of the post-match promo with Shingo and Osprey? Because that's one of my favorite segments of wrestling in some time. It, it was really good because Osprey, you know, got up right in his face, said he wasn't afraid of him, and Shingo just is a, the quintessential heel. Yeah. He just stands there, smirks, and is like, "All right, yeah. motherfucker, I'm going to murder you next time I see you." Uh, uh, it was nice to hear Shingo speak English and speak it actually pretty well. Yeah, uh, yeah, us. Did kind of sound like you know the yakuza leader in every single action movie dude he uh, looks like generic japanese like evil guy from like you know any movie and, yeah, and i'm yeah. so into it because yeah. you know you know just looking at him as 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 an yeah. american you're like oh this guy's a shithead you know but he's yeah. so good it's hard to hate him entirely <laughs> right right and and i liked osprey sort of touching on his own mental illnesses, like his own battles with anxiety and depression and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I thought that was a unique angle to go after as the plucky underdog baby face going into the finals. Um, I, I thought that was really cool. And, you know, for as much of a shithead as that guy seems to be outside of the ring, he is fucking amazing in the ring. And uh, he really is piecing together everything he needs to be, the top guy in the business uh yeah and with the results of the best of the super juniors it definitely looks like that's uh the position he's being thrust upon so yeah um that was the that was the main event we'll go back to a match or two earlier in the card yeah. uh, afterwards but the main event the best of the super juniors finals was osprey and shingo takagi um at a uh, ryu goku i think yes. uh let's see i'm fucking getting there man. yeah getting there. You're, you're you're learning well Hell yeah. Um, proud of myself. Uh, <laughs> so the match was absolutely fucking insane. Yes. Uh, please find a way to watch it. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend it. It's probably even after watching Dominion. I think it's still the match of the week. Oh, yeah. Dominion was. Well, I say this having not watched Dominion yet. <laughs> I, I, I all, all indications are that some way somehow the best of the super juniors finals outdid what is traditionally the second biggest new japan yeah. show of the year um everyone is saying how how much how good of a show this was although it ended on more of a downer we'll get into that right. um but yeah that that three match final of mm -hmm. the best super juniors final on wednesday uh arguably th three of the best back-to-back -back matches i've ever watched yeah, because it was the the main event was the best of the Super Junior Final with uh, Takagi and Osprey. Before that was oh fuck, my brain just went out on me. Uh, it's but, okay. So the 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 three matches that wrapped up the show were uh, Tanahashi, oh, and Juice, like, Moxley, and Juice, and then the. Uh, <laughs> Tom, Super Junior. Uh, Tom, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got I got confused because Mox was the first 
uh, match today. So I was like, no, he was earlier in the car, but no, he yeah. was the he was the co-main event on uh, on Wednesday. So yeah, the yeah. the Osprey Takagi was amazing. Mox making his New Japan debut was uh, was was really fun because yes. you know you could tell this was a different. This was the complete opposite of Dean Ambrose. Yeah, those shitty catch strikes that Justin used yeah. to. Week in and week out, they were yeah. fucking gone because yeah, he, he was throwing bows, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it looks like uh, John Moxley is aiming to follow in the not quite Bruiser Brody footsteps of what Jericho's tried to do as yeah. as the top American foreign heel. Um, the match that he and Juice had was fantastic. I don't know if there is a better, and I mean this in a good way. I don't know if there's a better jobber on this planet than juiced <laughs> Robinson. I mean, you yeah. saw what he was CJ Parker in NXT, like the way he put, he put, put over, over Kevin Owens. Owens yeah. yeah in, in Owens debut, like juice made him look so good. Well, juice looked fantastic too. Yeah. The way he put over mocks in that match was out of this world. I mean, Dude tossed himself around like crazy that, uh, that cannonball he did into the guardrail yes. was brutal. Then he did another one into the table, also brutal. Uh, yeah. yeah, dude bumped his ass off for Mox, so yeah. I hope he bought him a beer afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he he made Mox the made man in New Japan. Yeah. Um, fuck, the, the, the dive that uh, – that Juice did off of the entrance stage. Yes, uh, and totally missed. He totally yeah. overshot. Yeah. Mox and the long young lions were not where they should have been. Yeah, um, yeah. Just a wild, great brawl. Another bit I loved was uh, when they first did the table spot and it didn't work. Uh, Mox got this look on his face like, fuck, they really don't break here. <laughs> <laughs> Yelled out, what? <laughs> that was outstanding. That was a good piece of character work there. And he was yeah. like, he legit bit the uh, the upper eye area of juice yeah, and, and, and made him bleed hard. It was the perfect amount of blood. It was just enough to make it seem dangerous, but not like gushing Dustin Reynolds sort of thing, um, which I appreciated. Um, and but yeah, you know, juice wasn't doing that much with the U.S. title. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know. I have no problem with, with Mox coming in, coming in strong and winning. And I just, I, I gotta say, I love, I love the logo. Cause it's really fucking clever yeah. the way the MOX sort of thing. And the, it's the way yeah. they spread out on the Tron. It looks really fucking cool. And I just, I, I love that. That's another, you know, really, really fun part of it. And, you know, I was kind of surprised to see him kind of called back to the shield and do his entrance to the crowd. Yeah, he had basically the Jimmy Hart ripoff of the Shield theme as his answer yeah. to me. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the walk to the crowd. I kind of wondered if it was going to be something where he did the walk to the crowd and then the theme was going to kick into something else. Right, right. Um, I was fine with it. What do you think of the Death Rider as his finish? Uh, I mean, the 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 regular Dirty Deeds Death Rider is fine, but when he did like the fucking pick up yeah. juice and slam him down on his fucking neck, <laughs> Death Rider. Over. Yeah, 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 yeah. The high angle version was absolutely brutal and beautiful. He didn't do that to uh, uh, whoever, whatever young lion he fought this morning. He just did the regular uh, Death Rider on it. But uh, but still, you know, I, it's a little corny. But you know, a lot of New Japan is corny, which I yeah. think is why I'm falling in love with it so much. Right. Like just watching Sonata's entrance, I'm like, God, this fucking dork. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them, Evil and Sonata, they're such fucking cheese balls. But yeah, I'm just going into it. But apparently, Evil didn't have his uh, laser fingers today. No, no so laser fingers. Yeah, 
dropped and one I, star off the match to begin with. I was thinking one thing, and I, I should I should tweet him. Uh, I think he should dip his scythe or whatever the fuck that thing is in like fake blood and have it like dripping blood as he comes out. That would add <laughs> like so much extra cheese to it that I you know I, I'm I'm all for it. Um, but that was uh, that was the finals for best of the Super Juniors. Uh, yeah. You know, it's all up on New Japan World. Uh, highly Seriously, the best a, nine bucks you can spend right now. Uh, Seriously, I, I I will tell you, dear listeners, because Japanese subscription services are weird. Uh, they charge you on the first of the month, no matter when you sign up. So right. try to sign up as close to the first of the month as possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now it's the ninth. Not a bad time to sign up. Uh, right. Just know you're going to get charged again on July first, and then August first, and it'll continue right, on right, from right. there. Um, but seriously super fun and if you have a, a fire tv or fire tv stick or whatever yep. uh you can watch it direct on there i'm still hoping yep. for a goddamn ios app for uh, very very easy to watch on the fire stick yeah um and you know it, i would also recommend um and this isn't a slight on kevin kelly or don Callis or, or chris charlton or whoever every now and then just throw on japanese commentary because it's so much fucking fun they get so into it Oh yeah, they they get super into it, and I love the work that Chris Charlton does to um, give everything not only historical context, but his translations live are yeah. always really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it a lot. But then today brought, like we said, it's basically the Summer <laughs> Slam of New Japan Dominion at the Osaka Joe Hall. Uh, big matches on this one, big title matches. Um, oh, sorry, it wasn't Ren Narita that, that kicked off the match. Uh, no, with like Hawk. Unamo uh, or something? Shota, Shota Umino. Umino, that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that, they kicked off the show, Moxley and Shota Umino. Uh, Moxley basically killed him in under five minutes. Yeah, uh, it, was a, it, was, it was a quick bit, but uh, Umino started the match before, you know, Mox was even in the ring and did a uh, did a dive over the top yeah, one. So I'm just like, all right, go ahead, get your shit in, young lion. Go ahead, son. Yeah. Uh, but but Mox, then he paid for it quickly. Yeah, Mox beat the fuck out of him, <laughs> yes. appropriately so. Uh, right. And first of many announcements during the show today, uh, yep. John Moxley is going to be in the G1 Climax Tournament this year. Boy, you better get your cardio up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. like uh, <laughs> he he hinted in the Jericho podcast he's going to yeah. put himself in some uncomfortable situations, and I think there's nothing more uncomfortable than the toughest like month in professional wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah, just running those matches back to back to back to back to back. Wishing the best. Traveling way. halfway, we're not even halfway through. They're they're kicking off the tournament in Dallas. Yeah. And then finishing it off in Japan. So, like, you're going to yeah. do a show or two and then fly to do the rest. So, you're not only dealing with the physicality of the matches, you have to adjust to uh, jet lag and time difference and shit like that as well. And I have to imagine that uh, he's going to be on the Dallas card. Oh, sure. Uh, I, that, I, you know, that would make the most sense, you know. Uh, I, I don't know how much longer he's sticking around in Japan uh, yeah. right now. I mean, he is the champion, but yeah. uh, or the United States champion. So um, all good reasons to go back to the States. And I'd imagine you go home to Vegas, rest up, and then meet. When is the G1 kickoff? July? Uh, okay. Yeah, so just under a month away. So, you know, recoup. I think he has a couple indie shows. He's got, uh, I mean, he's got Fighter Fest coming up. Uh, yeah. And Got a few shots for uh, Northeast Wrestling. Yes. Uh, who bankrolls Northeast Wrestling? Because they get like a lot of heavy hitters up there. I'm not sure who's behind it, but <laughs> I 
A, they have a relationship with high spots, but B, they kind of strike me as MCW-esque in so mm -hmm. much as they have a uh, core batch of talent and then they do like the, uh, you know, the names to pop, right. pop the, pop yeah. the gate base do meet and greets that sort of thing but i mean they're running darby allen and john moxley they're running pentagon jr and john moxley right which um looks awesome to me yeah. i'm all in for that yeah um in fact uh not to name drop but i know some folks up there so maybe we'll we'll, we'll try to get our friends up there know some people up there look at you okay tough guy uh, so continuing on with Dominion, Shingo Takagi had uh, his first match with a heavyweight as he went against New Japan legend Satoshi Kojima. Yeah. Uh, Shingo uh, went over, looked like a beast, and yep. just as we started to think was going to happen, he also entered himself in the G1 Climax tournament. So yeah, that was a lot of uh, that was that was some big uh, some big news drops happening back to back there. So you know, again, it was pretty much hinted uh, beforehand. So very much excited to see him interact with these uh, with these heavyweights in the G1. It's going to be you know you got to wonder how strongly he's going to be booked against a lot of big names in this yeah. tournament. You know, um, if he I can't imagine him running it full on like he did uh the best of the super juniors but we'll see i mean the guy is a hell of a talent um and you know it, it, he's exciting to watch which is you know something you want from your wrestlers oh yeah i mean he uh as much as i i, I love dragon gate he he's definitely a guy who i feel like was kind of hurt from being there as long as he was because he's more of a heavyweight star and what is right kind of a we do company um i think it was last summer or the summer before he was actually part of all japan's champions carnival which is basically their version of a g1 and he was an absolute beast there so this feels like a natural progression for him plus you know this means that there's a spot opening up in lij for a junior i wonder why that would be <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was surprised we didn't get hiromu today yeah yeah I, I, I thought for like he wasn't on best of the super juniors final mm -hmm. which i thought he be on and then yeah. he wasn't on this show but uh he did share uh on uh on twitter and instagram and what have you uh he's got himself a new kitty cat yeah uh, daryl's still around daryl's still around he actually designed this one with the company that makes daryl legitimately <laughs> he designed this version of the stuffed cat it's called naru and apparently that means healed in japanese oh god i love it so much yeah um then we got into the traditional New Japan run of multi-man matches. Sure. Uh, Liger and Yoshihashi defeated Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. That was really uh, fun. Uh, looks like we're building to Yoshihashi and Zack Sabre for the Rev Pro title. And I think they're doing a big push for Suzuki and Liger before yes. Liger retires. Yeah, definitely, definitely um, hinted at more than a couple times throughout that match. Um, and it was it was it was a fun match. And I was expecting, you know, the the shitty heels to go over here. But um, yeah. but Liger, uh, like, yeah, Liger got the pin on ZSJ, I believe. Um, yes. No, no, Yoshihashi oh, did. Yoshihashi did. Sorry. So so, yeah, that was it. But it was fun when it, when it lasted, you know, <clears throat> uh, ZSJ and Suzuki the weirdest combination just looking at them but it works really well together oh yeah um, you know they were throwing uh tandem submissions on yoshihashi and i'm like this this is pretty fucking dope i'm into this 
Yeah, they're both sadistic assholes when it comes to submission wrestling. I think it's perfect. Yes, yeah, hundred percent in. Um, then we had a six man tag. We had the Bullet Club of uh, Jay White, Chase Owens, and who was the third? Taiji Shimori. Oh yeah, how could I forget my favorite Bullet Club guy? Fuck yeah. me. Um, and then it was against Tanahashi, Taguchi, and Juice, Juice Robinson. There it is. So yeah, it was just a couple hours ago, and uh, I'm already fucking forgetting. Yeah, I have the listing and results in front of me, just to I make know. sure we. You're always good like that. Um, but yeah, this was another, uh, you know, this was the typical New Japan six man tag. Uh, everybody kind of got some of their shit in, and, uh, you know, Tana got worked over a lot, especially his surgically repaired left arm. Uh, oh. But he ended up picking up the uh, the win on Chase Owens because it's Chase Owens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, all guys, Chase Owens. All, yeah, exactly. The Bushi, the Bushi Bullet Club, Bullet Club Bushi. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it, it, uh, you know, no, nothing really of note happened there. Um, so, you know, they, they had a little more Jay White and Tanahashi back and forth because yeah. it looks like that might continue a little bit longer. Um, oh, I but, gotta say, by the way, uh, Jay White growing out the beard, smartest move ever. Makes him yeah. look infinitely cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make, it makes him look at least a little bit of a badass because yeah. before he looked like just, you know, hot topic, want to be badass. Oh, so I now, was going to like Ted Cruz with the Skrillex cut. <laughs> also that. <laughs> and I love Jay White. I fucking love Jay White. I'm on record. Yeah. I, I, I breathe with a switchblade, you guys, but fuck, he's got a derpy face. He, he really fucking does. That gave him a chin, so that's helpful. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was uh that was that was a wise choice. I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh after that was Ishii, I believe, against Tai Chi for the uh was that the never open weight? Yep. And uh like I said, I I skipped through the majority of this because I knew I had a time crunch for when we were gonna record. I'm like, if I'm gonna skip anything of what's coming up the rest of the show, this is what I want to skip. So I just, you know, went ahead a couple minutes and then saw what was happening, went ahead a couple more minutes, and uh Ishii regains um the I think it's his third or fourth run now with the Never Open Weight Championship. So uh, you know, Ishii's always fun to watch, but Tai Chi, I just I I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, I think Tai Chi's got a cool look, but uh, there, there's a there's a group of New Japan fans online who fucking love him. Japan weird. I just don't see it. I mean, he's he's one of those guys like Hashi for me, where I'm like, oh okay, yeah, <laughs> true too. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, this guy is still employed here every now and then. Yeah. Uh, retained the IWGP heavyweight titles, uh, Tamatanga, Tonga Loa against Evil and Sonata of LIJ. Um, sounds, like, sounds like it was a pretty solid match. Um, yeah. I, all right, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. What were you going to say? Any indication of where uh, Bullet Club's going after this? No, not really. I mean, I know the, the Robbie Eagles, El Fantasmo thing is uh, kind of going on right now within the BC. Um, and I'm pretty sure Osprey called out Robbie Eagles after uh, his match. Mm -hmm. So that's at least where that's going. But in terms of, of the BC proper, not 100% sure. Um, Jado was out there with his kendo stick getting involved. And then Bushi came out for the save for, uh, for LIJ. So, uh, But Tama Tonga and Tongaloa picked up the, uh, the win, retained their titles. Those guys have really fucking crisp drop kicks for big men. It's, it's pretty damn impressive. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun match. You know, it was, uh, 
you know, nothing really groundbreaking, but uh, but a fun, fun tag team match if you're a fan of tag team wrestling. You know they were at an MCW last weekend? Yeah, yeah, they did the, uh, it was the Bruiser Benefit. Um, I, I was very surprised. I was like, really? Tomatonga, Tonga Loa? I don't really hear of them doing much indie work, so. Well, I, I, because of Jimmy's, is the Jimmy's. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they were there. Sean Spears was there. Yeah, Leo Rush was doing a, an autograph signing. Um, I think there's maybe one or two other relative names there, and of course the MCW roster. Justin got his uh, face super kicked off. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. our, our boy took that well. It was probably four quarters legit, but yeah. He took- yeah, he did. And uh, they're starting to announce their Shamrock Cup entrance, MCW is. Um, little dude Marco Stunt's coming in town to oh, – to, yeah. To, yeah, he got announced last weekend for the uh, for the Shamrock Cup. So uh, they're starting to announce them. I think they're going to announce another one later today. I saw them tweet out. So MC, at MCW Wrestling or MCW yes. Pro Wrestling on Twitter. I don't remember which one it was. But, MCW uh, Wrestling. Yeah, 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 but they go by MCW Pro Wrestling. Uh, anyway, uh, follow them and the Shamrock Cup uh, coming up. It's always a good time. You know, uh, Adam Cole, I think a two or three time baby. winner, baby, of the uh, of the Shamrock Cup. So, um, so yeah, uh, back to Dominion. Yeah, after, after, after that match, we had the biggest shock of the night. So it started with one shock. Yeah. Which didn't go the way that I think everyone was hoping. So uh, Shibata comes out. Right. And no, this was not Shibata saying I'm healed, I'm, I'm good, yeah. I'm back, I'm anything like that. He brings out his brother from another mother, his homie who they never really got to do anything together. Yeah. Fucking Kenta comes out. <laughs> what is uh, what is Hideo Tommy doing in the Wrestle Zone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking Kenta comes out. Yeah, dude. Not only did Kenta come out. A, he looked like he's in great shape. And he looked fucking hungry. He looked B, ready to go. B, he said he's going to be in the G1 this year, which is fucking wild. And C, he was wearing a shirt that said takeover. Oh, yeah. So, that, that is him and, uh, him and Shibata's thing. Back oh, then. okay. That was pre-NXT. Yeah. I see. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right. So I didn't I didn't get that reference, but okay. Now, I thought it was maybe a slight towards uh, towards his time in Orlando. No, but technically, Kenta's entire appearance was a slight to another company because at the same time that Dominion was going on, this, this is the hot, hot wrestle gossip from Japan. Okay. Uh, time that Kenta came out, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, which was his home, yeah, uh, was having the Misawa Memorial Show, uh, Mitsuharu Misawa of All Japan fame, who created Noah, yeah. who trained Kenta. Um, they were having a uh, memorial show. I think it was fourth or fifth anniversary of his death. He died in ring, by the way. Um, yeah, instead of showing up there, Kenta shows up at New Japan. So uh, Mark Fuji, who of course is Kenta's longtime running buddy, uh, threw some shade at him on the Twitter, basically saying, of all days, of all nights, this is where you choose to show up. And he says, hope you don't wow. get lost. In- oh, damn. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, honor is a big thing amongst uh, the Japanese culture. So, yeah. you know, for somebody, you know, that would be akin to like, you know, uh, a, a killer Kowalski memorial and and Triple H decides to show up, uh, you know, 
somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, motor, he, he went to see he went to see a Motorhead tribute band instead, instead right, right. Instead of a Killer Kowalski tribute. So yeah, that that's kind of what that's akin to. Yeah. So uh, definitely some some heat over there in the J-Pan, but here in the states, everyone's doing backflips because we might get to see Kenta back in his full dickish yeah. uh, style form again. I I don't know how it's going to go for him. Um, his NXT run uh, was coming late in his career. Anyway, I mean, guy is almost 40. Um, it's great though. He was wrecked by injuries. Um, he still had moments where he shined. Like I remember the, uh, the two Oh five live four way that they had at the rumble this year with him. That's true. And, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and Tozawa loved that match, um, even though uh, he had a little bit of a belly in there. No, game hey. respect game. Tell me myself. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's a professional. Uh, <laughs> um, talk to Chase Owens about that shit, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy to hear Chase Owens. Yeah. Um, so I, I bread, think bread guy Chase Owens. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I think this is going to be a big test for kenta and and what he's capable of and and who he is in 2019 because the g1 climax waits for no man it is it's not an easy tournament even for the greatest wrestlers in the world if you're saying i'm gonna do this you better come correct because uh yeah it's it's gonna be a very very big thing and that tournament ran down kenny omega and uh Kenta, where he's at now, is, has a lot more miles on him than Kenny Omega did. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, like I said, the mocks get your cardio up, kid. You yeah. know, get your shit together, and you know, uh, we're we're excited to see it. So it's another thing to to get more eyes on the product. I mean, New Japan, they're they're collecting a, a hell of a uh, assortment of talent under their roof right now. Yeah, I never would have thought Kenta was going to pop up there. I, I yeah. thought for sure. Oh, he's going back to Japan to be with his boys in Noah because Noah got new investors and all these other things. I, I I thought for sure that's where he was heading. So um, interesting. Get that money. Get that money, Kenta. We had the IWGP Junior Title match as they're the best of Super Juniors. The aforementioned Billy Brexit. Uh, <laughs> it took me a second to figure out who you were talking about when you said that email the other day. I was like, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i've only seen gifts of this and it looked fucking nuts chris tell me from watching it how it was it was just what you wanted it to be like i said i love flippy do uh counters and and you know the the ranas into into you know head sprints they stand on their feet and you know will osprey is is you know um king shit of fuck mountain of landing on his feet he's like a fucking cat um so you know you flip that guy over and he's gonna land on his feet and there was one um dragon lee did a over the top rope rana flipping him off the apron and he landed on his fucking feet and it was bea beautiful and the way they framed this shot it was he did it right in front of the uh the english announce table and fucking don Callis and gavin kelly are both like pointing out i'm like oh shit. it was it was, it was, a, it was it was a hot moment um and then there was the the tope from dragon lee yeah that, uh so uh, Willie, Willie O'Spray was sitting on the guardrail, which is right in front of the announce tables. So he's sitting on there kind of dazed. Uh, and then Dragon Lee just fucking fires himself out of a cannon yeah. through the second and third ropes and just levels, levels Osprey and himself in the process. It was, 
a beautiful moment. Uh, very gifable match. And, you know, uh, Will Ospreay keeps his momentum going and wins the junior heavyweight championship for, I think, the third time um, on top of winning best of the Super Juniors tournament. So, dude, you know, he's he's on top of the world right now. He just won uh, the title and the tournament. He announced he's moving to Japan from England. Um, and I got to ask you, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, putting so much of a push uh to osprey at this point because I, I read a lot of uh a lot of blogs and, and a lot of people's opinions upset that osprey beat shingo in the finals um and that you know osprey is going to be the guy going forward i am an osprey fan so i'm i was okay with it but there was a fair amount of heat and hate for osprey and i wanted to get your opinion on that you know, I, I think Osprey has uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with his antics outside of the ring. Um, you know, he's definitely one of those people who should not have access to his own Twitter account. Um, he should not be entrusted with social media. He's um, toned down a little bit recently. He has, but, you know, he's done a lot of dumb things. Right. Uh, as as he said in his promo on uh, Tuesday, uh uh, big heart, no brain. Uh, I think that's a pretty accurate thing. Uh, but when you look at the scope of New Japan, um, you know, again, as he said in his own promos, uh, they lost Omega, they lost the Bucks, they lost Cody, they lost Kushida. There's all of these spots waiting to be claimed. This is a guy who, along with Ricochet, put a lot of eyeballs on New Japan. This yeah. is a guy who... Uh, had one of the best matches at MSG representing New Japan. This is a guy who can work both the junior style and the heavyweight style. He's put in the work. He's put on the weight. He's put on uh, incredible matches along the way. It feels like a natural thing for him to move into that next level. I mean, yeah, you could argue that Shingo should have won, uh, especially with him going undefeated. Right. But I think he went over in that undefeated streak. He did. If he had another win, so what? Yeah. Osprey getting the win. A, you have this great emotional story moment. B, you know, he gets to say he was best of the Super Juniors. I don't think he's won best of the Super Juniors before. Um, I could be wrong. Second, second time. Second time. He, second time. He that he hit him and um, him and Prince Dev are the only two to win two best of Super Junior tournaments in four years. Oh, well, there you and go. I think third overall person to win too. I don't remember who the first was. Uh, so in that case, um, <clears throat> that also puts him in the role of being the Devitt esque guy. Right. Uh, I think he needed it for, you know, that, that push to be the guy who transcends weight class. Right. Um, now, if he goes into G one, I think that's going to be a little difficult. Uh, I, I don't know what you do because you have another guy in Shingo with the same sort of booking. I want right. to be a heavyweight as a junior heavyweight. Um, but I think he's a guy that could get behind as a whole, especially if he's going to commit. If he's going to move to Japan, yeah, put the rocket on him. Uh, okay. I, I think he's a great foreigner face for the company because you already have a great foreigner heel in Jay White. I think right. it makes sense to put Osprey in that role. Yeah, and you know, like you said, uh, with all those people, well, like you said, what he said, all those people leaving, there was a gap, and you know, Jay White for a couple months um, was the guy, but you know, Jay White, I don't think moves the needle in terms of excitement as much. Uh, he had the Bullet Club thing going for him. 
intentionally not likable though. Well, yeah, so that's true. That, that means that there he's not going to be the super Kenny was star. a heel. Oh, Kenny was a heel, but Kenny was likable. Like Jay White is a heel in like you want to see him fucking lose. That's true. That's uh, true. He's, he's more of a heel. Kenny is a cool heel. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. And plus, you know, they're making headways in Europe um, in terms of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a big show over there in a couple months and 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 everything. So I think having uh, Billy O'Spray in a pr uh, prominent position there helps. And of course, in the U.S. as well. You know, hey, dude who speaks English. Okay, I can get behind this. So yeah, yeah the, the math checks out. Yeah, no, Cod is definitely. Seemingly behind Osprey as a top guy. He said a few years ago that uh, Will Osprey was going to be the top guy in the business. Yeah. And that tells me that, you know, it, it's no different than if you're in WWE and John Cena says, that's the next guy. Right. Uh, we're seeing it even now. Uh, for as much as we should talk WWE booking, people who are within the talent said, Ali should be your next guy. And yeah. Ali's gotten very, very over. Yes. So, you know, it, it helps to be that anointed guy. And I, I think Osprey can be that guy here. And um, yeah, if he keeps delivering the way he did this week, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. His, his match with Dragon Lee today, I think, was the best on the card. Um, I don't think it was as good as his match with Shingo because, um, you know, there was a lot more in storyline into the match with Shingo, you know, going through the whole tournament. But uh, but yeah, that was the match of the day. After that, we had what what I thought was going to be the match of the day in uh, Kota Ibushi defending the IWGP intercontinental championship against Tetsuya Naito. And we got, uh, we got Naito, we got worker Naito today. Yes. Uh, we got, uh, you know, pile drive your fucking neck off your body, uh, compress your spine uh, like a fucking accordion Naito today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is with, about these two. I don't know if they really love each other or they really hate each other, but their matches, they murder each other for uh, entirety of them. Um, yeah. I mean, we saw live in person at MSG uh, just how violent they can be. And it sounds like, uh, and, and this has been an interesting one to, to watch the reaction of people uh, online. Um, a lot of the New Japan fandom seems to have a response of uh, it would have been best match of the year, but because of all the head drops, it's the worst match of the year is, is the refrain I'm seeing. It gets a little cringy after a while. You know, those those are things. Uh, it's a it's a seasoning, not an ingredient. Yeah. Um, so you don't you don't have to rely on them. Those guys are talented enough to not have to rely on them. And a couple of them were pretty scary. Uh, Naito hit a top rope reverse rana on ibushi that was also very fucking scary uh yeah <laughs> it was beautiful but it was also scary at the same time um and of course that that german release off the apron where uh ibushi's neck got cranked almost 90 degrees in a very very awkward angle that looked looked pretty brutal and ibushi's kind of got those that that face of he always looks kind of out of it and confused one way or another, but so it's hard to tell when his bell's really rung. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that one that one looked like it took its toll on him a little bit. It, it was an exciting match. Uh, I think the one we saw at G One was better. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's because we were there or because the of these uh, all these next spots, but um, but it was still definitely something that I think uh, people should check out. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and I look forward to watching it uh, when I get the opportunity later today. And then we had the main event of the evening. And um, the response to, the, to this match has been kind of mixed. Uh, as we had Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP heavyweight title against the Painmaker. Chris yes, Jericho. Rainmaker versus Painmaker. And I loved Okada saying, what's a Painmaker anyway? Like, <laughs> you never listen to Judas Priest? <laughs> what well, the pain killer, not a pain maker. Well, I mean, come on, that's where it's clearly where the uh, where the oh, uh, oh, reference yeah. came oh, from. So, you know, uh, but anyway, so yeah, we got you know, we got uh, we got 2019 Jericho, heel Jericho, spiky jacket, weird face paint hat, Jericho out there, yeah, right, ready to fucking brawl, and you know with this style that Jericho has adapted in new Japan, especially this brawly style, um, not really Okada's forte in terms of match styles. So it was, it was, it was a clash of styles. Um, it was, it wasn't the best. I don't think it was, it wasn't bad. I don't think it was bad. Um, but there were, there were a couple moments where, you know, you could tell what they were going for transition wise and, you know, it just didn't it didn't look fluid or smooth or or fast by any means, like what you're used to with, uh, you know, Okada, like looking at Okada and Omega and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, Jericho is still uh, a main event guy, no doubt, but not quite up to that speed figuratively and literally, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here the finish was kind of abrupt, um, kind of a weird finish. And then uh, it broke down to Jericho continuing to attack Okada after the match. And it looks like they're doing a build now to Jericho Tanahashi because right. Tanahashi, uh, once again, reforming the mega powers team right. uh, yeah. coming out to help save Okada. And it sounds like the Osaka crowd wasn't happy that we didn't get a uh, farewell promo at the end of the night from either Okada or Tanahashi. Yeah. So after the match, Jericho, uh, was attacking Okada. There was a ch- uh, a table set up in front of the announce tables earlier that w- hadn't been utilized. So after the match, Jericho um, uh, dragged Okada out there and was about to powerbomb him onto the table. Tanahashi was doing commentary for the Japanese side, so he jumped over and and, and saved his uh, saved his brother, uh, not brother, but you know, his brother in arms, brother in arms. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then Jericho, you know cut his typical heel Jericho promo. Japan's a terrible country, blah, blah, blah. Come get me Tana, blah, blah, blah. Uh, what's that? Called him Bakahashi. Yes, 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 he did. Um, so, and then the young lions were holding Tanahashi back and then Jericho escapes and then Tanahashi helps off, uh, helps Okada out. They walk, walk out and then that was it. And then, yeah, the booze started coming in because yeah. the, the, the crowd is used to the, uh, the farewell. Thank you. Uh, promo with the rainmaker pros, all that sort of stuff or whatever, or the air guitar playing or whatever, whomever it may be. But, uh, yep. Did not get that, uh, interesting finish. Uh, you know, I didn't expect Jericho to win this match, um, yeah, no. but yeah, the the finish was a little, yeah, it was a little out of nowhere. I was like, oh, that's that that was it. Okay, all right. It wasn't definitive. It was kind of it was like a right. you know roll up cradle sort of uh, sort of thing. So you know, whatever. So it was fine. I guess the question mark is all right. So they're probably going to do Tanahashi Jericho. When the hell do they do it? Uh, do you think they could add it as a special attraction in Dallas? Do you think they're going to wait until, because I mean, the next non-G1 major show is King of Pro Wrestling in October. 
Uh, do you yeah. think that long? I won't. Th- well, AEW will be yeah. going strong at that point. So yeah, I feel like uh, maybe a special attraction match either in Japan or in Dallas or in um, the UK. Maybe yeah, um, like King's you Quest. know um, either one of those big shows. I don't. I really can't see Chris Jericho entering into the G one. Yeah, uh, no, at this Dad point, Jericho ain't gonna make it through that. <laughs> um, so, and you know, Tana is is beat to hell too. You know, yeah. he's a uh, he's he's at the John Cena stage where I all these. Believe, I mean, he hasn't been confirmed yet, but I have to assume Tana is gonna do a G one, right? Probably, I would imagine so. Uh, which is which is crazy because he's that superhuman type. Even the fact that he went, you know, he only had uh, elbow surgery a couple months ago. Yeah. And then he's he's back in the ring, which is, you know, uh, a Superman-esque feat. So, yeah, yeah I, I would imagine he, he, he'll he end up in there. Um, how many uh, people do G1? Is it 20? Uh, hang on. Let me take a look at the G1 setup for 2018. 2018 blocks. Because I can't recall off the top. There are three head. blocks, right? Or they're just uh, do two. There are two official blocks. There was the unofficial C block last year where like Dave Finley, Juice Robinson, and okay. Chase Owens were trading back and forth. Uh, so there were two blocks, uh, each of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten on each okay, block. So 20, yeah. 20 um, we already have Shingo and Mox, uh, Mox confirmed. Uh, oh, yeah, and Kenta. Sorry, that's three. So we had 17 to go, and they announced appearing at the Dallas show would be Naito, Abushi, Tanahashi. Um, so now, for- does, does the winner of the G1 get a title shot? The winner of the G1 does get a title shot. Okada uh, has been in the G1 as champion before right uh, basically he's attempting to block a title shot sure sure um, so i assume okada will be in for sure so just looking at it right now which is you know trying to predict a royal rumble winner in june essentially um naito right because that's kind of the story they're telling because he wants to be the first intercontinental and heavyweight simultaneous champ yeah. so sure seems like that would be 92 belts <laughs> there you go there you go the roughhouse podcast is a weekly podcast follow us at roughhouse sgw on twitter and facebook.com slash the roughhouse podcast become a donor to the roughhouse at patreon.com slash the roughhouse podcast and check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital u c e g j 2 1 n lowercase w capital g lowercase k capital p m lowercase l capital d n 7 lowercase c 3 lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the Roughhouse Rough House, uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Roughhouse podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Oh, hi.
Hey, didn't notice you there. My name's Farmer Brown. These days, everyone's concerned as to what's going into their diet. People like farm fresh goods and produce. But have you ever thought to yourself, hmm, I wonder what's going up my ass? That's why I introduced to you Farmer Brown's line of locally sourced sex toys in my new shop, From Farm to Butthole. At Farm to Butthole, you're not going to find chemically laden lubes and things that can cause a UTI. Oh, no, sir. Farmer Brown uses all natural soy milk, cow's cheese, and goat tears to properly grease up that hole of yours. From farm to butthole, each one of our dildos is hand-whittled from fresh northern Colorado mahogany, so you can sleep soundly knowing that you had a nice, natural rogering of your A-hole, V-hole, or your M-hole. Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Lord knows what those anal beads are made out of that you're stuffing up your grocery pipe. Well, have you ever tried some farm-fresh cranberries strung with a nice sarsaparilla root? Well, you're going to find that at Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Locally sourced, organic, and good for you. And your butthole. At my shop, you don't have to worry about latex or all kinds of silicone condoms. Nope. What we like to do is take an acorn tip and put it on the head of your shit. That's right. It's an acorn condom. Fits right on the head perfectly. Hurts like a motherfucker. Farmer Brown's from farm to butthole. Take a handful of nature. Stuff it up your ass. 